The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Juan is a recovering MarTech consultant turned creator who writes an amazing weekly newsletter about the MarTech industry. And I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. All right, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Hello, hello, marketers. My name is Juan Mendoza. I am from the MarTech Weekly. And today we're going to assess the role of the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer. Joining me today is Jeremy Haft. He's the Chief Revenue Officer at Digital Remedy. They're a performance media partner for brands and agencies providing effective solutions to drive success in the digital advertising space. And today, Jeremy and I are going to discuss the evolving role of the CMO. There's been a lot of media and talk about how the role of the CMO is changing. We all know, and it's no secret in the industry, that the CMO has the shortest tenure of all executives and most corporations, especially in enterprise. And that tenure is actually getting shorter year on year. So this is a very pertinent conversation and very timely. And so I'm so grateful to have Jeremy share some of his insights. But let's dive into the conversation. Jeremy, how are you doing this lovely evening? I am doing great, Juan. Thank you so much for having me on today. Super excited to talk to you and the fan base about my insights, my thoughts, maybe some right, some wrong, some people oppose, some people don't into the idea of the evolving CMO and really as you nailed it on the head is probably one of the most challenging roles that we're seeing in today's landscape and forever changing media marketing advertising landscape. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts, your questions, provide some feedback, some insights and the ideas that I have and get cooking. All right, let's get cooking. So I'm going to dive right into our first question here. How has the role of the CMO evolved in recent years? Perhaps you could give us a bit of a view over the landscape. What are the factors, the contributing factors to how the CMO role has gone from one thing to another thing, and it continues to transform and change as technology changes as well. But what do you see in that landscape? What are the main things impacting the CMO role? 
it's interesting, right? Because if you had this conversation, dare I say, three years ago before what was a wild global pandemic, the conversations changed, the crisis management of a CMO changes, how they're going about their business, the challenges of the supply chain, right? Has affected, impacted the role of the CMO. You know, one of the things that we see with the CMO is, is you hit it on the head before. It is one of the quickest tenured roles out there, especially in the C-level. Somebody once told me, I think, if you're lucky, it's an 18-month rolling cycle, whether you're successful or not within that role. The role as I see it now, it's heavily optimized into how are we driving effective growth for the business, whether it's a product, a good, or a service, then an organization, a business enterprise, or small is really pushing. The new boss, if you will, of the CMO really has become the CFO because they want to show, they need to use the data and they need to use the analytics to showcase, am I spending this money and what is it doing to drive my business forward? It's not as much anymore about the beautiful art that once was. It's more the science is starting to overtake the art a little bit. And I sat in a dinner with about a dozen CMOs and it was interesting hearing the conversation, we'll call it, of the art and science element of it. And we can get into this in a little bit about it, but how AI and chat GPT and all these new functions are starting to formulate into the positioning and the messaging and how people are actually building creative and building assets, the operational efficiencies of all these things. All these factors are changing the way in which a CMO is thinking about the growth of their business and how they're trying to move forward successfully, I should say. I think that there's a great point you raise about the art and the science. And those two different aspects of doing business are extremely polar opposite often. The art of doing a great campaign or having a message that resonates or doing your four Ps, you know, and actually doing that well, often that just takes genuine inspiration. It just takes genuine inspiration and a willingness to experiment and risk things where you don't have data or you don't have insights. I think some of the great CMOs, they go out on a limb and they risk their careers on campaigns, ideas, pricing products, on things that everyone tells them it won't work, but they stick to their guns. And you've seen those stories from time and time again. But on the other side, CMOs have more than ever now have got this access to a wealth of extremely specific, relevant data about their customers and what they're doing and what they like and what they don't like and how it's affecting their profitability, how it's affecting their teams. So there's a lot more data that the CMO can use. And the trap is that if we say, okay, the digital landscape means that CMOs need to be more like the CFO, that need to be way more analytical and way more revenue or accounting focused. I think what we might miss there a little bit is that all the marketing just becomes boring. (laughs) Like the genuine inspiration goes out the door in forsaken for pragmatism. Now, I know it's sort of dichotomy. I know there's a lot of gray space in between that. But when you chat with CMOs, so you just had a dinner and had a conversation with a whole group of them. When they were talking around the table or when you were chatting with them, did they mention things like skills and qualities, things that CMOs should be thinking about upskilling in specifically and to sort of address this changing digital landscape? It's pretty interesting, right? Because I'm thinking about a few different scenarios and conversations and somewhere, you know, there's without, you know, as I mentioned, not naming names, but like heated conversations that I had the opportunity to be a body there to hear it and listen and absorb. Because again, I am not a CMO right now. I'm not. You never know what happens in the future. (laughs) However, the whole idea you bring up the art and science and what we're talking about before is we'll talk about a specific, you know, element of predictability, right? It's one thing that you brought up. 
And listen, I don't think anybody has a crystal ball, but if I did and the crystal ball guaranteed me X return on my marketing spend, you bet every year I'm going to use it, right? Because there's elements of my bonus, the business, the growth of the business. That's not the reality today. But one of the things that I was thinking about when this happened was when we're talking about art and science, right? It's how are people using modern technology to inform decisions and data decisions that get you to, let's call it the 80-20 rule, get you 80% there, right? Because technology and data and dare I say machines and robots don't have that human connection, that human feel, that human touch, right? You still need to massage, you still need to get, whether it's your messaging, your creative, your strategy, your media mix, your channels, right? There is an, an element of art that's associated there. Going back to your other question about like the qualities and what it's going to take, at the end of the day, the CMO has a squad. They have a team. They have their army. They have a crew. Experts, whether it be from data, from strategy, from planning, from buying, from procurement, from creative, from design. I look at a CMO, again, it's a quarterback or the captain of a team or what have you. Right? And it, as long as they can surround themselves with the right people that understand the messaging and positioning, and the goal and objective that the business is setting forward, that's where they're gonna succeed. Because the CMO itself is not just one person, it's a group. It's one person that might be spearheading it, might be the voice of the group, but it's who they're surrounding themselves with. And that was a lot of the conversation at some of these tables that I've been sitting at in the past with CMOs is, it's not about them sometimes, it's about their team. And that's a fantastic point to raise because when I talk to CMOs, often all of the conversations are about stakeholder alignment and internal politics training their teams up and getting them to the best state they can possibly be and winning budget. Like the CMO role is a management role. And yes, they have a role in the strategic direction of what they, where they go with their marketing. But the day-to-day minutiae of doing the CMO role seems to me very, very internally focused. And I think that's one of the interesting aspects of the CMO role is that I think some of the great ones, they work extremely hard. And in large enterprise corporations, this is very hard to actually see the customer and understand what they need and what they're thinking and their feedback. And I think the great CMOs, they try, like Matt Mullenweg once said, he's the CEO of WordPress Automatic, which is the holding group for a lot of digital products. He said that all the interesting stuff happens at the edge of a business. You know, it's only outside, on the outskirts of the business where the customers are interacting with service agents and their products and they're buying stuff. And it gets more and more boring as you get closer to the center where the leadership team is, where all the management happens and the internal stuff. So it's extremely hard. And you know, you've got to have empathy for this role because balancing the internal stakeholder needs with the creative curiosity that you need to really understand your customer, that ain't easy. That and it's not easy in any stretch of the imagination. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. It's funny, so as we start redefining the CMO, is the CMO actually the chief management officer? Yeah. <laughs> right? And like, it's funny because earlier this week, I had the opportunity to be with, let's call it the number two and the number three decision maker within the media marketing advertising department of a major, major company within the United States. And at the end of the day, the people that I want to talk to are actually those folks because they're the ones making the decisions on their partners, what they're doing, their strategies, their media mix, right? And they're the ones saying they're making the recommendations up to their CMO. Is the CMO giving the final blessing on it? Sure. But again, the CMO is empowering them to make those decisions and provide that recommendation back to them versus them doing it themselves. And that's right. It's about empowering people. And I guess one thing a CMO could take away, perhaps in this conversation, is that knowing who to hire and the skills required to compete in a digital data landscape. I don't think we're wanting CMOs to really learn tag management, how to run programmatic advertising right down to the specific detail, or how to use a customer data platform. We're not asking CMOs to learn those things, but they need to have enough knowledge to know who's good at it. And when they can trust their team to execute those digital strategies and use data in their business in a way that drives success and commercial growth. So that's the thing. It's like you need to be an expert headhunter. You really need to understand when somebody has those chops and that can really deliver that value into your business, which is, again, not easy. And I feel like this is more of a counseling session at this point. Right now, we always talk about storytelling and you talk about storytelling in a advertisement, in a marketing campaign, a messaging, in the boardroom. And what's the root of that? What's the foundation of it? Because the people that are going to be blessing the budget, the strategy, the go-to-market, they're going to be looking at the financial implications of it. So how is the CMO using data? How are the people they're empowering to help them build the story and find those facts to showcase how the plan and the growth strategy that they have that they're going to try to implement, whether they're looking at it, let's say, cliche marketing funnel, right? The awareness element of it, the intent and actual conversion pieces of it. What data are they using that's going to help drive the consumer through that journey and activate based off of the goal and objective of what that CMO is looking to achieve for over that year? I wanted to drill in a little bit to like a story or something that's really impressed you in the past where a CMO has been able to balance that creativity and that use of data. Is there like one example, you can give them a shout out if you'd like, of a CMO that they've executed something or they've even long-term have driven success in their brand by balancing both of those aspects of business, creativity and use of data? I think one of the things that was interesting that I heard about in a presentation, I think it was a year ago, maybe. And I don't know why this one's sticking out. And I say this because, again, the business and the stock of the business isn't doing that great right now. However, Peloton, it was it probably a year ago. Mm -hmm. There was a Sex in the City episode 
where the guy had a heart attack on a stationary bike that looked like a Peloton. And then all of a sudden, social media disaster. <laughs> and people are like, you can't ride your Peloton anymore. You're going to have a heart attack and die. <laughs> and the CMO at the time went and got her whole squad, hired a bunch of celebrities and built literally over the weekend, a whole creative messaging that actually took the idea of the Peloton. And I'm going to butcher what the messaging was, but it was as if, if it wasn't for the Peloton, then the person wouldn't have been able to get the girl or whatever it was, and he's still alive, and all these things, and he's healthy and all that. And that actually took off and almost completely overtook the previous, what was placed in that episode of the guy dying. And it was a hero spot that got massive awareness and earned reach, right? Free reach. And was incredible story of how this CMO took a risk when the whole like crisis of everybody's talking about how our product kills people. And it actually, they flipped it on its head and it became the hero product. And that took risk and a lot of money. That is a risk and it's a calculated one. I'm sure that their social listening teams were looking at the data as well and saying, oh, well, this is how many retweets and quote and impressions that a lot of these tweets and these social media accounts are going off about this and then making those quick decisions in the moment. Literally, there is no way to prepare for opportunities like that. You need to have that mindset of we might fail drastically bad at this, but they have to jump in and try it. But I think that the calculated way in which they put their message together, figured out the right narrative and then put that out, as you say, it earned them a lot of reach and opportunities. So that wraps up our first episode with Jeremy Haft, the Chief Revenue Officer at Digital Remedy. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Jeremy, Jeremy and I are going to discuss CMO success management. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jeremy, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company website at digitalremedy.com. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. If you'd like to get in touch with Juan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Juan Mendoza, but it's spelled crazy pants. It's J-U-4-N-M-E-N-D-0-Z-4. Or it's a little easier to just visit his company's website, which is themartechweekly.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletters and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast.
and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.